Hi, it's me again. This is my second podcast, and I'm actually doing it from my car, so I can't wait to hear how the acoustics sound. Um, but anyway, um, I changed the name of the podcast also. Um, I changed it to Two Sisters and a TV. Because believe me, my sister and I, uh, she's younger than me, 11 years younger as a matter of fact. And we watched a lot of TV growing up together. So I wanted to include her in the title as well. Anyway, uh, I just uh, want to um, basically today on this particular episode pay homage to the funny, talented, brilliant Betty White. Now, um, my introduction to her was, of course, on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Now, the show, Mary Tyler Moore show, ran for seven years, between 1970 and 1977. Now, I'm a little bit too young to remember the earlier seasons in their original run. I caught them, of course, in reruns and syndication. Uh, But the last season, which was, of course, from 1976 to 77, I remember very well. Um, I was in kindergarten at the time, and it was must-see TV in our house on Saturday nights. 7 o'clock Central Time, 8 Eastern. And it was still, to this day and going forward... An experience that I will always treasure. Watching the Mary Tyler Moore show Saturday nights. Um, we would always have hamburgers and fries for dinner. Hee Haw was on right before. Um, and of course we watched the rest of the amazing CBS Saturday night lineup. Including the Bob Newhart show. And ending with the Carol Burnett show. So it was just something that made you want to stay home. I mean, of course, at my age, I was going to stay home anyway. But uh, a lot of, you know, adults, teenagers were known for staying at home on those nights because the lineup was just that good. And watching, I've been binge watching season seven lately. And I tell you, it's been so much fun to watch those episodes again and to just relive that time in my childhood. But, of course, Betty portrayed Sue Ann Nivens, who was the host of the Happy Homemaker show at, at WGM. And, you know, Sue Ann was a hysterical character. Sue Ann didn't make her first appearance until season four in 1973. I believe she was just supposed to be um, in one episode, but the character caught on so well with audiences. And Mary Tyler Moore really liked the character as well as Betty. So she became, you know, um, a recurring character, and then she became a regular. I'm not sure how many episodes Sue Ann was in, but whenever she was in an episode, she always made a presence. She was hilariously funny. She, especially when she was chasing after Mr. Grant, you know, even when she was chasing after any, you know, any guy, she was hysterical. Not to mention her comments about Murray's balding head all the time. The way those two would go back and forth was, still is, hilarious. 
So that was my introduction to Betty White. Plus, she would also be on, you know, she was on game shows a lot over the years. I remember seeing her on Match Game all the time. She would always sit next to Richard Dawson. She would sit on his left. So I remember her from that as well. And I knew that she was married to Alan Lutton, who hosted Password. I knew that they had um, had a long, happy marriage. So um, my knowledge of her goes back quite a ways. And of course, I remember her from the Golden Girls as Rose, Rose Nyland. Rose was so sweet, so funny, so naive, so childlike. And again, she was hilarious. Nothing like Sue Ann, but I mean, that's irrelevant. She was just so funny. Um, the character of Rose, I think, was a really good fit for her. And she brought so much life to that character and to that show. And it was a lot of fun to watch that show. Also, Saturday nights after 227, right before Amen. <clears throat> so, um, again, watching the Golden Girls, a lot of fun. Still is a lot of fun. I don't see it that often these days. Um, yeah, I don't have cable. It's all over cable. And you can also stream it. But, I mean, I haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet. But, you know, I'll keep an eye out for it. My favorite on that show was always Sophia. But, again, Rose was a sweetheart. How could you not like her? And um, I also watched Betty in Hot in Cleveland. Now, that show aired on Nick at Night. I believe from 2008 to maybe 2000 or 2015. I'm not quite sure. But I know the show ran for six seasons. I'm getting the ending and beginning years mixed up. But I know it ran for six years on Nick at Night. Once again, Betty White was not supposed to be on that show as a regular cast member. I think her age was something that people were a little bit concerned about but um she was so good in the first episode that they wanted her to stay and become a regular cast member i'm so glad that they did that i'm so glad that she agreed to it because my favorite on hot in cleveland was definitely her character of elka elka was hysterical Elka was always doing something wild and crazy and adventurous and it you know she was I, I can't even think of the words to really describe Elka, but she was, again, the highlight of the show for me. I mean, I liked all of the characters, but Elka was just something special and always had me in stitches. So I've, you know, watched Betty White over the years. I've always liked her, admired her talent. I um, saw her in an episode of The Millionaire which was a very popular show in the 50s. My mom used to watch that and told me about it. Uh, and I saw that an episode, oh, some years ago. And again, hysterically funny as always, which is what I expected. But if there was anyone I wanted to make it to 100 years old, it was Betty White. I was so heartbroken. I mean, of course, she lived a long, productive, good, successful, happy life. Um, but I just really wanted her to achieve that milestone. She came very, very close, though. I mean, she was like two weeks away 
So she almost made it. But uh, Betty White was a joy. It's still a joy to watch on TV. I'll never forget watching her host Saturday Night Live. I specifically made sure to watch that episode and she did not disappoint. I remember seeing a documentary about her where she was really stressed at one point during rehearsals and she told her agent, you know, don't ever do this to me again. Which, I mean, the lady was 88 years old and, you know, you're preparing for a TV show. The pace of that show is very, very fast. It's a live show. And she was up in age by that point. And so I can imagine that the, that the demands and the pressure were pretty intense for her. But she killed it. She did an amazing, phenomenal job. I remember Jay-Z was the musical guest that night. They were so cute on stage together. Uh, she nailed it. She was absolutely amazing. One of the best episodes in SNL history, in my opinion. And she will, I'm sure, forever hold the record as having been the oldest host of SNL. So, you know, again, more props to her. But uh, I just wanted to take a little bit of time to just kind of recollect on Betty and what she's meant to me personally, as well as certain aspects of her career. But she was a dynamite lady. She did another movie. I can't remember the name of it. It was with Queen Latifah and Steve Martin. I can't remember the, remember the name of it. But there was a scene where they were playing a Barry White song. And Betty White came into the scene. And I would love to see that scene again. I'm going to have to go and check out YouTube, see if I can find that movie. Google the name of it and go look it up. Because I would love, love to see that scene again. It was absolutely priceless. So funny. And uh, I'll never forget that. You know, I'm a big Barry White fan. Barry White is one of the first singers voice I remember hearing as a three-year-old. Barry White and Gladys Knight and the Pips. My mom played them constantly in the house, daily, back in the mid-70s, back when they were both at their peak. So I have a very special affection to both of them. But that was just unbelievably funny. So um, I have to go look that up. But I will say if you're having a rough day or you're going through a rough period in your life, go and find something of Betty White. Go find something that she did and go and look at, look at it. And it will definitely take your mind off of your problems, at least for a while. But Betty, you are very much missed, will be missed. You're very much loved. And, you know, we all thank you for all the years that you spent making us laugh and entertaining us. And I hope from a personal reflection, personal opinion, I hope that you and Alan are back together. Hey, guys. Just wanted to... uh do another installment here tonight. Been thinking about Full House a lot lately. Um, so I just want to talk about that particular show for a little bit. Full House, of course, debuted in 1987, the fall of that year. I still remember the 
previews, um, the promos rather for it on ABC, the voiceover promos that they would do. They had the three leads, um, John Stamos, Dave Coulier, and Bob Saget, pretty much telling the audience about the show. And I remember specifically, I believe it was Stamos who said that they were like Charlie's Angels, only they used less hairspray. So uh, that was my initial introduction to that show. And by the way, for all of you fellow classic TV watchers, if you want to see Full House again, which a lot of us have not seen it in a very long time, if you happen to get Me TV, it's been added to their Saturday, Sunday, rather Sunday afternoon lineup. Uh, it'll be on for, I believe, two hours every week from two to four Eastern time. That's one to three central, which is my time zone. So wanted to give you a heads up. You want to check that out and relive the good old days with the Tanner family. You can do that every Sunday afternoon. Full House is one of those shows that started off, I don't think the ratings were really stellar in the beginning, but over time, they definitely began to increase. And uh, of course, they were part of that TGIF lineup on Friday nights. I think they were the lead show for that lineup. And as time went on, of course, the ratings began to increase. And then I think somewhere down the line, it moved to Tuesday nights at 8 Eastern. And by that point, it was must-see TV. Um, you know, there were, you had the addition of Aunt Becky. And then, of course, Aunt Becky and Uncle Jesse finally got married. And, um, of course, you saw the girls continue to grow up. You saw uh, Michelle grow older, which she was the cutest little baby. And of course, she saw her begin to grow older and, you know, start to school and the like. So um, very beloved TV show. I, to be completely honest with you, did not watch the show on a regular basis. My sister and my mom did, however, every week. So my sister, who she's the one who should really be doing this instead of me because there's, you know, I have a, I must admit a limited knowledge of the show. So I feel kind of funny talking about a show that I have watched, of course, over the years, but I'm not, I don't know a lot of the specifics about it. I do know that it was definitely one of those warm, wholesome, um, sugary, funny family shows had really good uh, storylines. I remember the one specifically when DJ was trying to lose weight and she took it too far. I believe that she, you know, I know at one point she fainted or almost fainted. So of course, you know, Danny had to talk with her and let her know that she was going too far. And that was something that Candace Cameron was dealing with in real life. I read somewhere that her mother was putting a little pressure on her. I'm not sure how intense the pressure was, but she was pressuring her to lose weight because she was kind of a little chubby kid, which is normal. I was a chubby little kid too at one point. Um, But she was feeling the pressure to lose weight. She's on TV and her mom was in her ear and who knows who else. 
if I, if I had kids, I don't think I would let them be in show business, to be honest, because I don't know how it is now, but I know that back in the day, um, kid actors really went through a lot of pressure. And I think the girls went through more pressure than the boys did. Uh, if you were not pencil thin, the producers, the network would really come in and try and get on your case. I heard this was the case with, uh, Lisa Welcho, who played Blair on Facts of Life. She really went through a lot of intense scrutiny and, and, and bullying and harassment from the producers and the network when she gained weight, as did the other girls on the show. Marie Osmond went through the same thing on Donnie Marie back in the 70s, although Marie Osmond was already thin, but the producers wanted her even thinner than what she already was. So again, I don't know how it is now, if that's changed at all. I don't watch a lot of current network TV, and I don't really know the backstory to what's going on because I don't know a lot of the shows. I just don't have time to watch TV the way that I used to, not with my work schedule and just my life in general. But I hope that has changed because there's so much pressure on young girls anyway, on women, period, to look a certain way. You know, it's like, well, when you get older, if you got gray hair, if you have a few wrinkles, you put on some weight, all those things are just so scrutinized and criticized. Well, if you're a man and you get gray hair, you know, hey, you look great. You look distinguished and you look sophisticated. Nothing wrong with a man growing older, but for a woman, it's a downright disgrace and a sin. So hopefully for the young girls who are out there acting in TV today and in the entertainment industry, that has changed a bit. But that was a really good episode. That one sticks out of my mind. The one that sticks out of my mind the most, though, is the one they did from the second season when the Beach Boys guest starred. Of course, as we know, John Stamos, a huge Beach Boys fan enormous Beach Boys fan growing up, going back to when he was a little boy in the 60s. He got to meet and play with them, I believe, in the 80s. After uh, their drummer, Dennis Wilson, passed away, he began to fill in as their drummer. And he ended up becoming very close with them, which he still is today. And so in the second season, the Beach Boys guest started on the show, DJ won tickets to uh, their concert in town in San Francisco, and she could only take one guest. So it was a big deal about who DJ was going to take. And I'm sure a lot of you remember the episode. And in the end, the whole family went to the concert and all jammed with the Beach Boys on stage during Barbara Ann, which is a song that they're known for taking to extreme limits in concert. The Beach Boys. Honestly, they're my favorite group. They have been since I was in the fourth grade. And so when that episode aired, I was 17. I was a senior in high school. My sister was in kindergarten. And that was the first program that we taped with our brand new VCR. My mom, uh, our mom went and bought a brand new VCR. She bought it a few days early, earlier than that. I think the reason why she bought it when she did is because she knew that we wanted to tape that particular episode. Funny, our mom was the boomer, but she was not a Beach Boys fan, so that's kind of funny. Uh, she didn't dislike them, she just didn't get into their music. But she did respect the fact that we were big fans, and she wanted to make sure that we had the opportunity to tape that episode. So that was the first thing that we ever taped, and my sister, believe it or not, 
what, 30, how many years ago has that been? However, over 30 years later, she still has the tape, which is amazing. But she holds on to everything, so I'm not surprised, really. But at the same time, it is astonishing that she still has that tape from 1988. But that was an episode that was great to watch. It was a lot of fun. All the Beach Boys were on the episode. And it still is one of my favorites. It's probably my favorite episode. So I look forward to trying to find the time to check that out on MeTV when they get down to airing those episodes during the second season. Of course, Full House ended in 1995. The network decided to cancel the show. I think it's because they thought the show became too expensive because the the cast had really grown by that point. I mean, you had DJ's boyfriend, Steve. You had the twins, uh, Jesse and Rebecca's twins, Nick and Nikki and Alex. And I think that they just kind of felt that the show was just too expensive to keep on the air. And I think maybe they thought it ran its course. I think it could have held on for another season, in my opinion. Uh, I know that's why they canceled Knott's Landing. Well, of course, Knott's Landing also was on for 14 years, but they said the show became too expensive to produce. And that's an, uh, a TV show that we'll definitely have to get into later because that's another favorite of mine. Loved my Thursday nights with Knott's Landing. But more on that later. Um, I remember that watching the last episode. I watched it with one of my girlfriends from high school um, on the phone. I didn't watch my mom and sister. I knew they were going to be very emotional and I kind of wanted to avoid that. My sister definitely was very emotional. She was in tears, if I recall. And uh, my mom had to give her a lot of comfort. It's hard when a favorite TV TV show ends, even if it's been on for eight years, like was which was the case with this one. It's difficult. And especially, you know, I think when you're young, she was only, my sister at the time was, I think she was 13. So yeah, that's, that's you know, that's not easy. But we watched it on the phone. And uh, they showed the last curtain call. And, you know, I felt I felt a twinge of sadness as well. Although, like I said, I was never a, a regular viewer, never an avid viewer. But it was a show that I had a lot of appreciation for. And um, I did watch Fuller House for a while when it came back. When that show started on Netflix, I watched it for a while. I liked it even more. Than Full House, to be honest. People look at me like, really? But I did. I like seeing Stephanie and DJ as adults and Kimmy too. Uh, too bad the Olsen twins were not a part of it, but they really were not too missed because everyone else was back for it. Um, as I said, DJ, Stephanie, and Kimmy were the ones who were on the show weekly, but everyone else popped in from time to time, made appearances. So I, I liked it a lot. It was really a good show. I don't remember why I fell off watching it. I think I lost my Netflix account, I believe. Uh, And so I'm sure there's a way where I can catch up on the episodes that I missed and see how it ended. I'd like to do that. But um, yeah, so I just wanted to take a little bit of time, particularly with the recent sudden passing of Bob Saget, which has really hit a lot of people hard. People who watch the show fellow comedians who worked with him, who befriended him, and of course, not to mention his full house cast mates. And I have really been saddened by his passing. Not only is it just sad 
when someone passes like that and it happens so suddenly, no warning, and they're alone in a hotel room when it happens. But of the Full House characters, believe it or not, Danny Tanner was probably my favorite, along with Stephanie. The reason why is because Danny was a neat freak. Well, he was a good dad, of course. He's a good dad, good brother-in-law, good friend, all those things. But uh, and he was funny in a goofy way as well. But Danny Tanner was a neat freak. Very meticulous with being clean. I'm the same way. I mean, if you move something, I'm going to notice it. And that's exactly how he was. So because of that, I can relate very well to the character. And he definitely became a favorite of mine. So I've been very saddened by his passing. And I'm glad to see MeTV honoring both he and the show by adding it to their lineup. They removed Gilligan's Island, unfortunately, which I'm not happy about that. They could have kept both on. But, and of course, a lot of people think that Full House is not old enough to be on MeTV. It's too new. But I see it differently. The show is 35 years old as of this year, if I'm doing my math correctly. So I think it's, you know, a good addition. And most of the shows on MeTV are still from the 60s and 70s anyway, if I'm not mistaken. You know, you still have Gomer Pyle, Andy Griffith Show, MASH, Dick Van Dyke Show, The Fugitive. So there are a lot of TV shows on me that are still from the boomer generation. I know that's the boomers talking really about how Full House is too young. I'm a Gen Xer, so of course I see it differently. But uh, I'm sure there's some boomers out there who don't feel that way, of course. I don't want to generalize or stereotype anybody. But again, if you get a chance to check it out on Sundays, uh, by all means, feel free to do so. The MeTV schedule usually is in effect for about a good six months or so, so you'll have plenty of time to check it out. You'll get to see the show run its course over the whole eight seasons that it was on, at least probably twice, maybe even three times, but I'd say twice since it did run for eight years. And they'll be showing four episodes a day on Sunday afternoon. So you get to go back and check all that out. And I look forward to doing it as well, right along with you. Well, I think that's going to do it for this time of Two Sisters at a TV. I'm sister, the older sister, Kelly. My younger sister is Cammy. She's not a part of this podcast, at least not as of yet. But her influence is definitely here. As we watched so much TV together growing up, we still do, although not very often because our work schedules are so completely opposite of each other. We don't have time to really watch anything together anymore, but we still talk and reminisce about it. So anyway, uh, thank you so much, and I will see you next time as we reflect upon and recollect another TV show. So until then, see you later.